0: Welcome back, I'm Carrie, And this is Cassandra. And we're too good to be true. And this week, I'm gonna be going over the Irish heiress, Mayor Smith. And it's completely bonkers. This woman is just, her story's insane. She scammed so many people for so long that I'm just gonna jump in and just strap in because it's a wild ride. Jonathan Walton, he's a reality TV producer living in Los Angeles, California, and in May of 2013, he had just finished up season four Shark Tank when his apartment building lost use of their swimming pool due to a legal battle as a neighboring building. I guess the other building was saying that it was theirs. It was technically on their property, so there was this whole thing between the building he was in and the building next door, and so it was just kind of out bounds they couldn't use it while well, they sorted out all the legality of the stuff that was going on How huh, though? like i don't understand how you can not like buildings have defining like structure do you know what i mean right and then each property has its own you know pin locations and how it's gonna lay out and i don't know how that's this- weird Like this company wouldn't know that the swimming pool was being built on their property while it was being built. Why did they wait all these years later and suddenly be like, oh, that's on our property actually, but they did. And all the residents were pissed because it was a super hot summer. It's LA it's hot there in the summer. And they were having, I think like a record heat wave or something. It was just an exceptionally hot summer. So, Jonathan actually organized the residents of the building to try to rectify the situation. And this was the first time he met Mayor Smith. During the meeting, Mayor took over, and the residents all loved her. Then the next day, she called up Jonathan and took him and his husband, Pablo, out to a nice restaurant. She footed the whole bill and said she had a lot of money. Okay. After this, Mayor began taking them out and paying often. She said that she was from Ireland and had left to get away from her family, who she had a falling out list. Mayer also told Jonathan that she had a very powerful boyfriend, a politician and lawyer. He, he's never named, though. I, I don't know who this politician is, but supposedly he's a powerful guy. And Jonathan and Mayer became really fast friends after this. He said she always had a lot of interesting stories. He remembered one specifically where she said that her grandmother in Ireland taught her how to make Molotov cocktails. And then they would go to the top of a bridge and throw them onto British soldiers. And this was in Northern Ireland, which is separate from, I guess, regular Ireland. I know they had a whole thing years and years and years ago. There was a whole war and everything it might have been in the 90s. Honestly, I'm not really up to date on that kind of history, but I do know that Northern Ireland and Ireland are not one in the same. Yeah, I think I remember something about them. Maybe even at school. I don't know. I just think I, I do remember them being like separate things. There was like some sort of, like you said, like a war and then riot. It, it had, became separate. I think it has something to do with Catholicism or whatever. What? There's keep... Oh. <laughs> I got this. Campus. I was in the middle of talking. Cassandra just points and starts smiling. And I'm like, what the fuck is he with Where is he? I can't see the kidding. I don't see a kid. Well, you have this like border in between. Oh, and, oh, well, whatever. Anyway, back, back to our subject. Uh, Jonathan thought that she always had the most interesting stories. And he says that she was the most interesting person he had ever met but he wasn't the only person to find her interesting she ended up making a lot of friends quickly and they say she was always the life of the party other friends talked about her paying for everything and she even took one friend to a lakers game there's another friend tina mensch said that mayor told her that her family had moved to america from ireland under political asylum so i guess whenever all that stuff was going down she claims they moved here to be basically uh, refugees, kind of, in a way, because they were important people and they needed this asylum from what was going on. I guess that's a valid, you know, if it were true. If it were true. I mean, it is a valid thing to come up with. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds legit. Yeah, which is why people didn't question her, and she also had an accent that did sound Gaelic. I was going to ask yeah, so that was like, they, did she actually have an act? Yeah, she did. So they assumed she was telling the truth. And Tina also said that Mayor told her that her boyfriend, the powerful politician and lawyer, uh, could get her a job. Because Tina had taken the bar and she was a, to be a lawyer. She'd gone through law school. And so she was going to be looking for a law for it to join. And Mayor told her that her boyfriend you know, could just immediately get her a job. He could just write any letter of recommendation and get her a job. Just like that, just like that. Mare said she herself didn't need to work because she already had money, but she didn't want to just shop all day and be socially, so she worked for a luxury travel agency, Pacific Island. Her coworker Elena Farshuto, said that Mayor was liked immediately. She was very smart, confident, and friendly, and she was a good salesperson. People like that usually are. Yeah, she's very charismatic. You can tell, I mean, everybody has the same way of speaking about her. It's not just one person. It's like, oh, she was really confident and amazing and kind and giving. I mean, everybody had the same story about her. So, obviously, that's just how she, you know, portrays herself. And one night in her apartment while they're hanging out, she showed Jonathan an old framed document and claimed it was the Irish Constitution. And she pointed to this signature at the bottom and said that was her great uncles and that she was royalty excuse me what yeah she said one of her uncles was like one of the founding fathers of of ireland and she was royalty and Mary said that she had left ireland to get away from her family because they had had a falling out and this was something jonathan could relate to because part of his family had disowned him for being gay he came out i believe he said he came out when he was 30. And so, it's a little later in life, and some of his family just didn't accept it. So, they kind of bonded over that. Mare claimed that her great-uncle had passed away and left $25 million to her. However, she said that her family didn't think she deserved it since she was no longer living in Ireland. And she would show Jonathan texts from her cousin, whose name was Finton, and he was telling her that she'd never see a dime. And like I said, Jonathan and Mayor bonded over not having any family and they kind of became each other's family. So that's how they really formed that tight bond so fast. They're both kind of feeling alone. I mean, Jonathan obviously was not alone because he had Pablo, his husband. But in terms of family, when you don't have, it's a different feeling. And I can tell you that. I can relate to that. It's a different feeling. You don't really have much in the way of family or any family at all. Even though you might not be alone because you might have a partner or really good friends or, you know, chosen family, like you and Jay are my chosen family for sure, but it's not the same. I get what you're saying. Like, it just, it's not your, it, it just, you, you have that sense of abandonment from your actual family. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you, you heal from it, but then you don't. In, this, in, a, in a way I mean it's just it's difficult to really explain but yeah so that's they kind of bonded over that one day Mayor showed Jonathan an email for her barrister on what we would call lawyer that's what they call lawyers over in Ireland telling her that he found a clause in her uncle's will that if any heir is convicted of a felony they forfeit the money which like why the fuck would he even why would he send that like that's just a random ass thing to send yeah like oh out of nowhere, by the way, and if you're ever convicted of a felony, you don't get any money, yeah, for her to bring that up, that's kind of weird because it's like kinda out of nowhere, yeah, you know what I mean, and it's because she's setting something up here, and right get right into that. so at this point, Jonathan wondered if the family might try to set her up to be convicted of a felony, so she couldn't have the money. well, about a month goes by, and he gets a call at work from Century Regional Detention Center. It was Mayor. She claimed that's exactly what happened. Her family set her up. She said they framed her for stealing $200,000 from her employer, Pacific Islands, which she was actually working for them, and she said that she was framed for stealing this money. After speaking to Mayor, her political boyfriend, the politician, He then called Jonathan and said that he couldn't bail her out because he was married and he didn't want his wife and kids to know that he had a side piece because once you bail somebody out of jail that becomes public record. Hold up. It's all This whole time the supposed boyfriend is married. Yep. With children, no less. Okay. Yeah, so she's the side chick. Well, Jonathan, being Jonathan, the nice, kind person that he is, and he loves Mare, that's his best friend, that's his sister, he decided to do anything he could do to help her, and he found a bail bondsman that would get her out of jail for $4,200. So he paid it, and then Mayor did pay him back the next day. So now he's at a point where he's like, okay, she's going to pay me back for whatever I pay for her, so it's fine, I can help her. But was she actually in jail? Yes. She was actually in jail, yes. And he did bail her out. I mean, to to contact a bondsman and get her bailed out of jail, she would have had to have been in jail because the bondsman's going to have the court records and everything. And if she wasn't actually in jail, the bondsman's going to be like, "Um, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's why I was like confused. I was like, if she weaned that part up, they would have found out. We contacted a bail bondsman. I was like okay so that had to be actually legit yeah she was actually in jail because she had been arrested for this two hundred thousand dollar theft from pacific islands and then she needed bailed out and that's what she called jonathan for so she called him again another day and said that she came from a family of psychics and she had gotten herself a job as a psychic because obviously she got fired from pacific islands so she gets this job as a psychic and she claimed that her gift materialized when she was a little girl in Ireland. She said she always knew things would happen before they happened, but people would laugh at her, so she just stopped telling people, and it was this big secret, and that's why he had never heard of it before. However, it wasn't long before people began going to her to hear their fortunes, because they thought that it was legit. A friend, Michelle DaCosta, said that her reading with Mary was impressive. She said that Mare would immediately start out with whatever you were wondering. And she thought that Mare definitely did have a gift. But I mean, in my opinion, again, these con artists, I, they have a way too of knowing what's kind of what's going on and what is, you know, what's going on in your mind. What is worrying you? Exactly. I was going to say, like, if she knew these people, she probably knew some of their background. But also, like, some people are just good at reading people. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly people who can, who con people. People who are con artists are very good at reading people. Yes, they're very good at reading people. They're very good at reading in the room. They know what they can do and what same they can with, do. Yeah, same with businessmen. Like, they just, they can kind of see what you want and gauge, like, what to tell you. Right, what What can they say to get you what to buy want? into. Yeah, yeah. Well, Michelle then began sending family and friends to Mayor because she believed she really was, you know, a gifted psychic. So these are more people getting wrapped into it now. Now, Mayor also had said that she had a daughter who suddenly passed away from cystic fibrosis. And she set up a GoFundMe to go towards research of the disease. And she had a $25,000 goal. She ended up raising actually about $17,000. Now, I don't know what happened to the politician. I believe he kind of just became disinterested with Mare over time and was no longer attracted to her because by the end of 2016, she was dating Bob Turner, an electrical engineer living in Newport Beach, California. Bob described her as fun and exciting. She would play with his children and was open and loving with them. And she had a spiritual side that Bob loved. And Mare had Bob and his nanny Sarah convinced that she knew famous ice hockey players and because they were both into ice hockey and she faked texts from them to Bob pretending to be the ice hockey guys pretending to be the players pretending to be the coach saying that they they hoped he wasn't just trying to get her inheritance, and so he wasn't just you know dating her for the money what the actual help? So she pretended she was these people, right, and texted and followed t- him from different numbers pretending to be these people. And I'm like, I, I I was hearing it and reading it and just being like, what in the Kentucky Fried fuck? is <laughs> going on? I'm reasonable. It, it's kind of like, that's a lot of work, first of all. And second of all, like, what the fuck? Just, like, why? It, right, why? I, I mean, I, and unfortunately we don't ever really get the answer to why. It just is because, because she can. Just one of those people. So she also told Bob that she worked for social services. Again, not because she needed money, but because she just really wanted to help children. Because she's just such a kind and giving soul. Sounds like a she told Bob there was evidence that his ex-wife, Kelly, was abusing their children and that it was worse than quote-unquote irregular abuse. She was involved in a pedophilia ring. Doesn't this sound familiar? Sounds like a QAnon bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but she's completely just making all this shit up. Mira ended up getting the nanny Sarah fired by faking texts once again from the hockey players because her and Sarah were getting, you know, tight and the only reason she was getting close with Sarah was so she could do this shit. So, yeah. so she could, like, use it against her. Right. So she was getting Sarah to tell her some personal details about Bob. And then she was pretending to be the hockey players, acting like Sarah was also telling them his personal business. And so they would text him and be like, what the fuck is up with this? You know, from they being mayor. And so he just believed that Sarah was spreading his shit all over the place. So he ended up actually firing her. This manipulative bit. Mm-hmm. So one day, Mare tells Jonathan that the DA wanted $50,000 to draw her charges. Mm-hmm. And she told Jonathan that she couldn't pay it because her family had frozen her assets. So she didn't have the money. Jonathan himself didn't have it either. But what he did have was an 840 credit score. Which, that's very good. Yes, guys, if you're not really that up to par on credit if you're young, if you are unestablished, if you don't really understand it very well, or if you're not from the U.S. because I really have no clue if other countries do credit the same way we do, 850 is the top credit score. You can't get any higher than 850. So to have an 840, you have impeccable credit. It's impressive. Yes. So since Jonathan had this, he let her charge it on his credit cards. Of course he did. God, this guy is just so... This poor guy, He he's just so good-hearted and just really wants to help her and he just isn't seeing what's going on. And plus, since when he bailed her out, she immediately paid him back the next day, there's already that good faith. And even he himself says, that's what the scammers do. There's always some initial payment. There's always, when you first invest, you always get something back, a return on your investment, or you get paid back. And that's what leads to believe that it's always going to happen because it happened that first time. You think, oh, they're really good for it, so you just keep giving and giving and giving, and then all of a sudden you don't get it back. So true. Yeah, so he had no reservations about just letting her charge 50 grand on his credit cards. And he was also told that if the case went away, her her accounts would be unfrozen, so she would be able to pay him back. So he was like, whatever. It's like a two-day $50,000 loan she'll give it right back to me it's no problem it all sounds too convenient though right it sounds what too good to be true (laughs) (laughs) so she then told jonathan that the judge didn't like that she used credit cards which but who fucking cares so why would the judge give a shit if your if your shit is paid who is the judge to be like i don't like the way that you paid them why would this happen Next time, I wait. next time you see Craig, ask him if it matters. I'm sure we will say it doesn't. I don't see why it would. That's just yeah. I know like, if, if you're willing to pay, they're going to take it. Right. I'm really curious. Seriously, next time you see him, and this is Judge Long, this is a judge that we actually know in person. Like, if seriously, if you see him, ask him because I'm really curious because he'll probably just be like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Bring your dog. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> Yeah, but she says that this judge didn't like it, and so she had to go to jail for 30 days. Like, what judge is just gonna be like, I don't like the way that you paid your bills, so I'm gonna you to jail for 30 days? That's just it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah, but because he thought she was trustworthy, he just believed it, no questions asked. And she said, well, you know what? At least I wasn't charged with a felony, so I'm still gonna get my inheritance. But which, oh, I, I, oh, this bitch. Anyway. <laughs> so Jonathan was then scheduling a visit with Mayor on the prison's website. She could go see her, because that's his bestie. You know, if he went to jail, I'd go see him. And then this is when he saw that she was actually in for felony grand theft. Because guess what? She did actually steal that $200,000 from Pacific Islands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me tell you, I knew that was coming. I was like, so did she actually steal the money? I was going to ask you that, and I'm glad I didn't because we all just found out together. But (laughs) literally, I was thinking that. I was like, I bet she did actually steal the money from her job. Mm -hmm. So he freaked out because he's like, what the fuck? I mean, (laughs) she told me that this is because the judge is at her. So he freaks out, and he gets to panicking. He rushed to the courthouse. He looks up all the documents for the case, and that's when he realized, hey, she actually did this, and everything she had told him was a blatant fucking lie. So, what actually happened, we wonder. Mayor was out of the office one day, and one of her clients called to double-check that they had received her final payment via PayPal. This is a red flag, because the company did not actually have a PayPal account, but Mayor did. And she had redirected the payments into her own personal account. So these people were paying for what they got for luxury vacations, all going straight to man. Holy shit. Uh So she got confronted by the business owners, and she just casually got up, grabbed her shit, walked out of the office. She didn't even defend herself. She didn't even say, I didn't do this. Anything that she just got up, cleared off her desk, Pieced out. She didn't argue. She didn't anything. She just was like, "Okay, well, I'm caught, so I'm just going to leave." Nap just got up and left. As it turned out, Mayor had actually used forty thousand dollars of Jonathan's money to pay her plea agreement for her case, and the extra ten thousand dollars was just extra money, just just for her pocket money, money. just for her. Jonathan went home. And he just sobbed into his husband's arms and apologized for falling for Mayor's scam. And at this point in the documentary, he got emotional and he started tearing up. And so I got emotional because I can't watch people cry. And I'm feeling so bad for this man at this point. And he's such a sweetheart. And I'm just sitting there like, shit. I'm trying to like. <laughs> and, you know, thank God, though, that Pablo was there for him and didn't just be like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Fuck you. And like divorced him because sometimes that does happen. That is very true. So, I mean, at least he didn't lose his, his husband. He didn't lose his relationship over this, so thank God. You know, this poor sweet man I thought he was doing something nice. So Jonathan decided, fuck her, I'm going to fight back. So he offered to pick her up from jail when she was released. He secretly recorded their conversation with a phone hidden in his pocket. He told Mary that he knows she lied, And that her plea was $40,000, not $54,000. And Mare tried to say, oh, that's not true. He told her that he knew she was scamming him the whole time. And she started crying. Just big, fake crocodile tears. And at this point, that's when he realized, she's just a con artist. She's an actress. She's acting right now. She's not really upset. She's not actually crying. She's using these tears to try and get out of this. So... Jonathan went to the police with all the evidence, and you know what they told him? It's not a crime. Excuse me? They, he... She took his money... And it's not a crime? Oh, because he, like, gave it to her willingly. Yes, that's exactly what they said, because he gave it to her willingly, because he knew her, and he was like, hold up a second. So mm-hmm. the fact that she she took my money, being untruthful... That doesn't count. He said this is the same as when people will call up the elderly folk and pretend to be, you know, the IRS or Social Security or something, and they get their information. He said, how is this any different? A lie is a lie. That's what I was going to say. I was like, either way, you're being a fraud. Right. I mean, when you're getting scammed out of money, they're not telling you. that. They're never telling you the truth. They're never like, I'm going to take your money and just run the fuck away and, like, never give it back to you and fuck you. What? What would they gain from that? Of course you're not going to give them their money. She's being deceitful. How is, he's right. How is that not the same? It is the same. That's why it doesn't make sense. It's like, you'd think you'd be able to go after an individual like that, personally known to you, just like you would anybody else. Right. That scams you because it is being fraudulent. And, And manipulative. And like, yeah, it's really infuriating. The police were just like, whatever, bro. That's such bullshit. It really is. So Jonathan started his own investigation at this point. He's like, well, if they're not going to do their job, I'm going to do it. So he started doing his own thing. He started a blog where he detailed everything that happened. He posted a photo he had of Mare and Bob, the, the boyfriend, in Newport Beach. And he asked people to warn Bob about her because he didn't know Bob's last name. Didn't have a phone number or an email, anything. So he put this up there and he's like, if you know him, board him, right? Because she's going to get him. Well, she was trying. She told Bob that she wanted to move to Newport Beach and she's looking at a $12 million home in the area. So she was trying to scam him kind of using property. She wanted to put Bob on the title for her home and she wanted to be on the title for Bob's Homes, and he had two homes. He was very successful, he was in the, you know, uh, he's an engineer, and he was kind of in the tech field. He, I guess, was behind a lot of the tech involved in making touchscreen phones. He helped develop them. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, he's, he's a cool dude, and he did a lot of important work, and he had money, and he was on doing badly. So he had these homes, And she wanted to be on the title, and that was going to get her access to his financial stuff. So she's trying, she is trying to scam him. Of course. So after finding everything out on April 1st, Jonathan reached out to a friend of Mare's, Fran Lozano, to tell her about Mare. And at first, Fran thought it was an April Fool's joke because it was on April 1st. And she's like, are you you kidding? (laughs) Is this outspare? But Jonathan let her know he was completely serious. He told her about Mare's daughter who had passed away, Courtney, in the urn in which her remains supposedly were, because Fran had donated to that GoFundMe that Mare sent up for cystic fibrosis research. Jonathan let Fran know that he called up the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and asked if a mayor had donated the $17,000 she collected, and they said nope. Sure never got anything from her well we should have figured that yeah i mean at this point i think we can he, kind of gather that literally anything mayor says is bullshit. yeah she's just in it for herself she's trying to make money to make her story more plausible yeah yeah so now jonathan was wondering if courtney had ever even existed in the first place which i think people i would Be like, bitch, uh, did you ever actually have a child? I think anyone would question that, but that's kind of sick that she would make that up. It is. It's disgusting. And Mare had actually left a box of belongings with Jonathan while she was incarcerated, so he he was like, fuck it. He went through it. And he also contacted Michelle, the other friend that I had mentioned earlier that was seeing her first psychic. He told her everything he found out because he had also found michelle's social security number and all of her banking documents in this box so she had like somehow gotten a hold of that yeah and listen let me tell you how she did it but first michelle confirmed that she had received mail that she had credit cards with balances that she had never opened and Mm -hmm. mayor fucking loves paypal let me just say because they're paypal cards and michelle was like nah she was like i wouldn't even open a paypal card she's like it's american express or bust <laughs> i'm only interested in american express i know i wouldn't open a paypal card but Mary's is in a paypal and the way that she had gotten it she told michelle she used to be um, in mortgages over in ireland and that she could help her with her purchase of her home and so she was helping michelle with her new home purchase and that's how she got her information and michelle had been redacting for social and for bank account information from all the documents but the very last one she gave her she didn't because she was like it's it's mayor it's mayor we don't need i trust her so she just didn't do it that one time and that's where she got the information so at the same time that mayor was scamming jonathan she was also scamming another woman named sherry cooper who also lived in their building she told Jonathan not to talk to Sherry, claiming that she was wanted for murder in Canada. How would she even know that? Well, I guess she could look it up. Well, she claimed that I guess maybe Sherry was, you know, forthright with that information. But she claimed that Sherry was hiding out from Canadian authorities in LA because she was wanted for murder. Meanwhile, she was telling Sherry She needed money to pay Jonathan back because Jonathan was broke and losing his mind and just going crazy on her and he really needed the money and so she's like oh I'm scared of Jonathan I need the money so Sherry's getting it to her so she's like trying to pull she's pulling a fast one yeah a fast one on a bunch of people like she's trying to just get money any way she can Mm -hmm. and Mir told Sherry that if she ever did speak to Jonathan they would just no longer be friends I'd be like, okay, cool, we are not (laughs) friends. Jonathan, what's up? No no big loss there, you know? So, you know, Sherry and Jonathan are not talking to each other because Jonathan was just afraid of Sherry. He's like, fuck, she's a murderer. (laughs) Not talking to that bitch. (laughs) And Sherry is just thinking Jonathan is just this crazy person, so she doesn't want anything to do with him either. But they eventually reached out to each other, and we find everything out. And Mare had previously wanted to meet Bob, you know, the boyfriend's ex-wife, Kelly, so they went ahead and met for drinks. The next morning, Kelly called Bob and said she had something he really needed to see. So he met her for coffee and she pulled out a bunch of papers. It's Jonathan's blog. She went ahead and searched Mare after this little date, this little meetup, found Jonathan's blog, called Bob and was like, bro, (laughs) you got to see this. Wow. That's kind of, you know what? She had it coming. She did. I think that's funny, though. Like, they met up, and she was, she probably got some sort of weird feeling or whatever from the whole situation, and so she's like, I'm looking this bitch up. She's like, I'm going to follow my intuition here, and I'm going to look her up. Well, Bob went home and Mare was there So he confronted her, and once again, she just left. Like, that's her thing. She just, like... <laughs> Holy shit. She's just like, you know what, Bob? Fuck you. She just leaves. She's like, whenever she gets found out, she's just like, you know what? I'm right, you're wrong, and I'll fucking leave it. <laughs> So she doesn't even want to defend herself. <laughs> right. And wait, because that continues. That continues. So Jonathan began hearing from people all over the country as his blog spread, not only the country, but the world. And he went to courthouses and began pulling records because, again, he's doing his own investigation because the cops are doing fuck all with all of this information. This is when he realized she's not an heiress at all and is, in fact, not even from Ireland. She's American, and so now he wondered who she actually is. Well, he remembered that Mare had given her her email password at one point, so he logged in, and it turned out that all the family members were fictionalized by Mare, and she was texting and emailing herself using different Google accounts. So all these texts were Finton, the cousin, about how she's never going to see a die, it was all her texting herself from fake numbers. Oh my god, this goes so deep and so intricate. Like, how did she have the time to do this and work these jobs that she worked where she was also apparently scamming people? Yeah, it was insane. Well, you know, during this time that Jonathan's doing his investigation, Mayor has to hide from him so she faked having a mental illness to stay at a boarding house for the mentally ill, where she also tried to scam another resident, a man named Ned. And she wasn't successful because Ned found one of her prescription bottles because the bitch wouldn't tell him her last name. He found one of her prescription bottles, realized, hey, her last name's Smith, googled it, found Jonathan's blog. <laughs> These people are just very it's funny that that's the first thing that pops up when you look up Mayor Smith. <laughs> so now we want to know. So funny, who is Mayor Smith? That's what I want to know. That's what I was gonna ask. Where the fuck this bitch from, and what the fuck? <laughs> well, Jonathan ran a background check on Mayor. He actually snuck into some some school's library and used their background search tool. Because, I mean, you really can't run a professional background check and just willy-nilly on people for the most yeah. part. So he did this, and he found a bunch of names tied to her. Marianne Smith, Marianne Welch, Mayor Ellis, Marianne Andel, Mayor Clark. Now, when you run a professional background check, potential relatives are listed, and a Jeff Welch came up in the search, and one of her names ended with Welch. So he's like, mm, Maybe. So, Jonathan reached out to Jeff on LinkedIn, of all places. And while he waited, he kept calling the police with each bit of new evidence, but he wasn't getting anywhere still. One day, the police finally called and told Jonathan that they were going to file charges of grand theft against Mayor. He finally got it. Finally got it. Took long enough seriously. Jeffrey McGee, the deputy district attorney, was a prosecutor for the case. And Mayor tried to keep Jonathan from testifying against her by filing a bogus restraining order against him, saying that he was threatening her. But it didn't work because she never got anybody to actually serve him. You gotta serve the restraining order for it to actually be effective. Yeah. So, on the day of the preliminary hearing, Mayor showed up to court looking like a homeless woman and on crutches because she was trying to get sympathy from the judge but the judge was like, oh, hell no, I've seen this before. <laughs> I was just saying, God, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm sure that, like, any judge knows when somebody's walking in just trying to make themselves look as sympathetic as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, so that people will just be like, oh, this poor lady. There's no way she could have done this. She's so weak and sick. No. And Jeff McGee, he said that the case was very complicated, and it was basically a he said, she said. Because it's really uncommon, he said, to have a case where the people know each other so well and are extremely close. Which, I mean, in these cases, I think they, he's where right. I I mean, most of the time it's a complete stranger calling from, like, another country, pretending to be so-and-so, and they get the money, and you can't even trace them because they're, you know, in India or Nigeria or something. Yeah, and they're using all this... Fake information. Then, the trial for Mayor began on January 4th, 2019. And she was charged with felony grand theft. Bob testified against Mayor because he didn't want to see her do to anyone else what she did to Jonathan. Then, Jonathan took the stand and told his own story. He was pretty in detail. They, they did have to tell him to calm down a couple of times because he got very worked up, but I mean, who can blame him? I was going to say rightfully so. He's, he's upset. I mean, he was scammed out of almost $100,000 in the end by this woman. So on January 9th, 2019, that was a verdict today, and the mayor was found guilty of grand theft. On January 29th, 2019, Jonathan was able to speak his piece last time and i quote Mary Ann smith destroyed my financial life she's a brilliant actress who manipulated my emotions for four years to steal from me while stealing from dozens of others she scammed me out of close to one hundred thousand dollars i had to file for bankruptcy when i ran out of money we had dreams of buying a house and adopting kids Marianne smith ruined those dreams However long she spends in jail will not change the fact that as soon as she's out, she'll be scamming people again, and she deserves the strictest sentence you can give. Now, Mary Ann did have another daughter, Chelsea. She cannot stand her. She said her mother's a pathological liar. And she actually testified against her as well. Her own kid testified against her. She must be quite the piece of work. <laughs> So, Mayor, or Mary Ann, as her actual name is, was sentenced to five years in prison, the maximum sentence, and offered to pay almost $60,000 in restitution. However, here's the thing. L.A. has this program to encourage good behavior where you get to serve only half of your sentence. So, realistically, she was to be out in two and a half years, not five, for everything she did. That's not nearly long enough to learn her lesson, really. No not that she really would anyway, cause she just seems like type person like he said that's gonna come right back out of jail and be doing the same shit like half the people we've already talked about. You know who she really reminds me of? Mm-hmm. Billy McFarlane. I was gonna say. He's just constantly coming up with new shit and it doesn't matter how long he spent in prison, he's just gonna come out and do more shit. Yeah, it doesn't matter because their mind is constantly going and working on the next thing. Mm-hmm. Well, in the small town of Midland, Michigan, is Mary Ann's ex-husband, Jeff Welch. He responded to Jonathan's request. We find out. Mayor is actually Mary Ann Elizabeth Smith, born July 28, 1969, as Mary Ann Andel in Bangor, Maine. Maine? She's from Maine? We did her town, dude. We were While there. she was there. She was legit there while we were there? Yes. Well, that's something. So, she graduated from Bangor High in 1987, and then she moved to Tennessee. Jeff says that at first, they were inseparable. They married and had a baby, but it became very obvious after they got home with the baby that Marianne had no interest in being a daughter or a wife. Their daughter, Courtney, really did exist. She really was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at four months of age. However... Marianne was really present in Courtney's life, and when she was a year old, Jeff was granted sole custody. That's to say, it doesn't matter whether she was or she wasn't. She was exploiting that child either way. Yep, and Courtney passed away in November 2012 at the age of 23. So that really did happen, but Marianne had no real role in her life and was just, like you said, exploiting what happened to her. For her own financial gain. That's so sick, honestly. It really really makes me sick. I literally like here's the thing though, like also cystic fibrosis is like near and dear to me because I had like a childhood like little boo thing (laughs) growing up that had that and he passed away at the age of like twenty eight or something like that. Twenty eight or twenty nine. They usually it's it is very it's serious. You know what I mean? And they still haven't come up with anything really to prolong. I mean, some people live in, into their 30s and maybe even 40s, but, like, it's still basically like you're going to have a shorter life span. It's really sad. Well, from, my, from what I saw, Jeff seems like a genuinely good person, and he's just completely shocked by all that Marianne has done. The poor guy. And he really loved Courtney. That was his his daughter. He actually really loved her, and he lost his daughter. And then here's this bitch. And there's this bitch who wasn't even there Mm -hmm. helping out and taking care of this sick child, and she's just out there fucking being like, oh, poor me, give me some fucking money. Mm -hmm. And Mary Ann also has committed grand theft in Tennessee and Florida, as well as Northern Ireland between 2000 and 2009. So she had moved to Northern Ireland. She actually did live there. She is not from there, but she did live there. She moved in 2001 after meeting an Irish man, Stephen Smith, while she was in Tennessee. She was chatting with him online and she decided to just up and move over there. She then began working in mortgages in 2008 when she took a £120,000 payment from a customer and disappeared with the money. She ended up scamming 26 different victims out of about $500,000. Jeez, she was really putting in the work, wasn't she? Over the years, she has impersonated psychologists, mortgage brokers, lawyers, travel agents, sports team managers, and cancer victims to scam people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's a lot of vast, like, background knowledge you would need to have, because you'd have to have some sort of... You know, to pull it off anyway, you'd have to know somewhat what you were talking about. Well, not only that, but to remember what you told the who. Uh, that is also true. Like, oh, I told this person I'm a mortgage broker. I told this person I'm a psychologist. Like, I, I have to wonder, did she have like a giant whiteboard in her house somewhere where she just was like, Jonathan, heiress, <laughs> this person, mortgage broker, this person, psychic. yeah. So, uh, one of the people that she scammed was their landlord, who she convinced that she had cancer to avoid paying about $12,000 in rent. And she hasn't used at least 23 aliases over the past 30 years. Good God! There's, like, no... there's, like, nothing she won't do, obviously. And she alters her physical appearance. With each of the aliases, sometimes she's blonde, sometimes she's brunette, sometimes she has long hair, sometimes she has short hair. Now, at some point she did get plastic surgery, I think after she was out of prison, you know, to not be recognizable. So she was actually released early from prison in December 2020 because of COVID stuff. They didn't want to keep spreading COVID, so they released a bunch of nonviolent criminals in although she sucks and she scammed a lot of people. She's not violent, so they let her go. She got lucky in that situation. <laughs> she barely spent any time in jail. Well, she was supposed to be extradited to Northern Ireland to face her charges there. Again, COVID. Because of that, the borders were closed, so it didn't happen. And she left California. She's believed to be back in the Bangor Main area, but her exact whereabouts are unknown. I see. So that's why you're saying she was there. She was there. She was there. Well, fuck me. I'll tell you what, that's like crazy. This woman is just something else, honestly. Now, she is still facing extradition to Northern Ireland, so at some point, they're gonna have to- They're gonna catch up with her and get her over there. And- if y'all are interested in more information on this, because there are some things that I didn't include, I mean, it just would have gone on for ages had I included every wild story and speculation about this woman. There is more information, though, from Jonathan himself. He has his own podcast called Queen of the Con. So if you really want in depth information, he has all of that in his first season called The Irish. Heiress, I believe is what it's called, where he breaks down everything and talks from his own point of view as a victim. At least he's found a way to get his story out there. And also it's like an outlet so you can kind of, you know, not feel so shitty about falling from this bullshit right now. And then now people... The thing is, like, people shouldn't, though, because they need to understand that these people, that's, like, their job, right? But not only that, I mean, she's she's free again. She's loose. So having that out there, keeping the blog up, keeping the podcast up, should she start doing this again? Which, I mean, let's be real, she's gonna. You know, people can immediately find this information and hopefully not get duped themselves, of course she's going to, and, and you're right, it's a good thing that he's got the information out there so that people can be made aware, and if they do run into her, then they would know that she's a lying, scammy piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, the main takeaway from this would be somebody's asking you for money to, to really verify what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, well, as we always say, do your due diligence. Like, look into it. Make sure that that's really what the situation is and what's going on. And also, like, and I get that he, like, felt for her and they had that bond, which I get that makes sense that they would. But it's like, still, you should probably find out more information about somebody Right before you just offer them. Oh yeah, thousand dollars, and then we're definitely not in any way victim shaming. Shaming Jonathan. I mean, oh, I'm not. No, but just, I mean, unfortunately, using him as a learning tool. Now we know if somebody hits you up for money for something, verify it. You know, like she, like Cassandra said, do your due diligence, check into things, research things yourself. You know, if it's something like this where it's you know, a court thing, look up the court documents yourself. If it's something educational-wise, you can always call and check on these things. I mean, there are certain things where you're not going to be able to get every last tidbit of information because there's privacy laws and a lot of things, but they can at least confirm for you whether or not, you know, such and such thing exists and, and whether there's a bill due that you can pay on or, you know, whatever, Right? you know, check into things. Don't just take people for their word. I mean... Or, like, tell them, like, provide me with the documents. Like, sure, I'll give you the money, but I want to see this shit. Shit in front of my face. Right. Like, I want to see the paperwork. I want to see whatever. And, you know, I get people can falsify documents also, but at least you're, you're trying. Right. So, as always, if it seems too good to be true, it It is. And if you want to find us on our socials, we're on Facebook at too good to Be True Podcast. We're on Instagram at TikTok, Too Good To Be True Pod. If you'd like to send us an email, we're too good to Be True Pod at Outlook.com. If you would like to send us a voice memo, you can do that on our main site, which if you scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes, the site is listed there. You can also support us monetarily. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. So comfortable. I didn't like. I didn't know how to put it up at first. I picked some trees, and then I realized that they were too far apart, and like the trunk was way too thick to make it work. Right. So then I picked two different trees, and I put it up, and I purposely put it really low to the ground because I was like, if I do this wrong and this fucking thing falls, (laughs) I don't want to end up laying here completely winded, have the air knocked out of me, and like dying on the park ground so I put it it was super low for a hammock I only had it like this far off the ground right. I was like if this bitch falls At least I'm, not getting like, injured. I'm not gonna die and I'm not gonna lay here and embarrass myself I'm like just writhing around on the ground like <laughs> <laughs> oh this chair <laughs> <Holy> shit damn <laughs>